Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. My guest today is Sarah. Sarah is not a conspiracy theorist or a former conspiracy theorist, but she lived for a long time with someone who, for a long time, seemed like a normal person. But a few years ago, he discovered the moon landing hoax conspiracy theories, and this kind of set him on a uh, journey deep down the rabbit hole, a journey from which he's never really recovered. Sarah discusses what happened and uh, how it ended. Uh, Quick note, uh, Sarah uses the term offensive weapon, which in the UK means a weapon classified under the Offensive Weapons Act, basically just an illegal weapon. So here's Sarah. All right, Sarah. Uh, Well, thank you very much again. Uh, Why don't we uh, kind of, I don't know, go back and start in the beginning, like you, you, you said in your email that your partner kind of got into it via fake moon landing hoaxes. Was that kind of like the first thing that you remember? Yeah, it would have been at some point in 2015. I'd say more right. towards the end of 2015. And he'd set up his own business. So he wasn't working from an office. He was working from his house. So obviously he had a lot of time to be able to watch and listen to things without, you know, without sort of people, you know, in a normal office situation, you would be picked up on that sort of thing. You know, and I remember him sort of talking about these fake moon landings and these videos he was watching. And I wasn't concerned at first because I think like most people, I've watched those sort of videos before myself, but watched them and then, you know, perhaps switched off and not really sort of given it much more thought. So it started off with that. And then he did tell me that the videos then suggested to him led him on to Flat Earth. Mm. And very quickly, he became a fully fledged Flat Earther. And that to me was, that was more strange. I felt more uncomfortable with that. Um, Because to me, it was such a, you know, a completely out there idea. Um, And then what I, how I found sort of what, what happened was that if you believe the earth is flat, then that leads you to believe that you have been lied to about so many other things in life, what you've been taught at school, what you read in the newspapers, what you see on television. And so, and he became absolutely hooked, became a fully fledged flat earther. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take between, say, the first inklings that you had uh, of, you know, the moon landing type things and becoming the flat earther? Uh, months. No more than six months, right. but very quickly. Yeah, that's really um, interesting. So what, what type of person was he before uh, this happened? Well, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because, you know, obviously since all of this happened, I have started to read myself and just sort of what draws people into conspiracy theories. And he, to me, is, is outside of that mould. He is, I don't mean this to sound how it's probably going to sound, you know, he's he's English like myself. I would say he comes from an upper middle class background, very normal, very stable childhood. Family had a second house in France. Family had a boat. He was privately educated here in the UK. Um, he had, um, you know, he was, you know, before I met him, he was married. He had, you know, he's, he's still got two children. Um, he did get divorced, but that was more, you know, his doing. He wasn't a loner. And he still runs a very successful business. 
he he wasn't someone that sort of fits into that you know the sort of mold yeah. that you think someone would fall into um yeah and and i would say that you know these beliefs started at a time of his life when actually he had he was in a better place than he'd ever been before the only thing that was different was that he had his own business and so he had time to do the research and watch the videos was he a, a religious man before and- oh absolutely not he became religious though um because i mean i i would say that i am a religious person and i remember when i sort of you know talked about my beliefs you know um you know when we first sort of got together as a couple you know he would he you know he was dismissive i would have said he was an atheist but as he got more and more into flat earth and other conspiracy theories you know he it, evolution to him was an absolute lie and so mm. it, it became a sort of uh, you know that there's you can't possibly have just been come out of a rock we had to have been created not religious in a in a sense that he went to church but it was that sort of the way he talked about it. It was, he, he would say to me, how can you call yourself religious when you believe in evolution? Yeah. In a way, it's more like uh, God, uh, a religion being part of the conspiracy theory and that uh, the powers that be are covering up some truth, which involves God. Like the fact yes. that, uh, you yeah, know, that God was responsible for the creation of the earth and the earth being flat, obviously. It's kind of fascinating that you could kind of go so quickly from uh, what seems like a relatively normal person uh, into oh, this extreme. Yeah. And it's it's very, I mean, you know, sort of you can, you look, I look back and I think, could I have done something sooner? Mm. But the period that he became so convinced was so quick. And then once, like I said, once he he became a flat earther, then all the other conspiracy theories that he started to believe in sort of, you know, that just became him. Um, and one of the things I think, um, you know, is a real, a real standout moment was that he only talked about being a flat earther to me at home mm. and his children who were at university um, and they were sort of in and out of the home, obviously. So they, they had an idea but it was not something that he shared with friends or family. There then was an incident in 2016 at his sister's house. There was like a family lunch and he brought up about being a flat earther and he was absolutely ridiculed. Hmm. And that was something that he didn't like even before of all of this. And I remember on the car journey home, he screamed at me. He wow. was really angry. And said, how could I be so disloyal? Because I had been laughing along with everyone else. And, you know, how, you know, how, how could I have done this to him? And he was furious. And then I went back to his family and said to them, please don't ever bring this up again. Because I, he really, you know, I got it, you know, I got it verbally from him. And so then it became this, his family knew about the flat earth and his beliefs, but it was something that was never talked about. And it, it was only, he only shared it with me at home I don't know whether he ever joined any online forums and discussed it with people that way because I, I'm not the sort of person who you know I was at work during the day so I wouldn't know and I'm not someone who says who are you speaking to can I read your emails that's just you know I'm not that you know that I'm not that sort of I guess controlling or, or, or you know yeah. you know bothered so so he um 
you know, when he kind of got into it, you said like he was starting his own business or was running his own business and he had a lot of spare time and he was watching these, these YouTube videos. Uh, do you remember any specific videos that he, he either showed you or told you about like from the very early days? I mean, he showed me lots of videos, mm. um, you know, especially those to do with the fake moon landings. And also when he would show NASA videos of, you know, because NASA was a big lie. And, right. you know, he videos of me where people were apparently in space and in their, you know, in a shuttle or a rocket. And he would say it was all CGI and it was actually they were in a studio. And, you know, there'd be videos on YouTube which sort of indicated things where, you know, perhaps the film didn't follow um, those I really remember, and also specifically ones about um, which I found really upsetting were about the Challenger disaster, and that in fact the people that had been on Challenger were still alive, and that was all a lie. And then the other one, which uh, again that was really upsetting to me, was about Sandy Hook. Um, and I mean, and then if there was ever any kind of high school shooting in America, because you know, sadly that tends to be where that happens he would say you know it's all fake these were crises act, crisis act, actors um it's just a way of gun control and you know and I would get really upset because he'd say you know he'd say look at you know look at these children they're not really some of them are laughing you know and I'd say to him but if they've just witnessed something like that you never know how you're going to you might you might have a bit of a smile on your face at a certain moment but that doesn't mean that you're lying and you know, and then he would he would just say to me, he'd get really angry and he'd say, you're a sheep or you're just like everyone else. And and so I would stop saying things because it would end up, at, you know, being an argument. But in terms of specific YouTubers, it was there was three that I I really remember. There was Brian Austin Lambert. There was Mia's new pair of glasses and Richie from Boston. And they are the three that I are real standout videos that he listened to and they were on youtube initially i believe that they've all been removed from youtube i think i've only actually heard of richie from boston out of those and i, I think he's a flat earther if i remember correctly and and the others like and you mentioned like a, a fairly an unusual conspiracy theory that was kind of new to me and it's kind of a uh, apocalyptic conspiracy theory called uh, empco empcoe and it's this yeah. idea that there's very soon, I believe, like I saw predictions of December 21st this year, there's That's going to right, be some yeah. kind of massive kind of end of civilization event. Uh, not entirely sure why, uh, but they, they say there's lots of predictions. Uh, how, did, how did you bring that one up to you? So um, this is where I'd say things really had got really bad um, and I'm very sort of specific about sort of the timings for this so this was in 2018 and I had I was living with him and I had started to notice packages coming to his house and inside the packages would be things like knives crossbows um, very extreme survival gear. Uh, you know, we're not talking sort of just a little tent, you know, very extreme um, survival gear. And I was suspicious, but I didn't say anything. 
I was quite uncomfortable with some of the things that were being delivered to the house. But it was a case of, I mean, I'm ashamed to say that now. Um, I wish I had confronted him, but it was a case of keeping the peace at home, not to say anything. And then it would have been late summer in 2018. And he told me about this event, this EMCO, and it was going to happen in December 2018. And he was preparing for it. Hmm. And this is what he was doing. And he told me he was going to apply for his gun license in the UK. And I didn't express any sort of fears or concern to him. I was sort of went along with it. But inside, I was really, really worried. And I never mentioned any of this to my own family or friends at all. But at that point, I called up his sister and his brother, unbeknown to him. And I met with them very late summer 2018. And I told them about all the things that were coming to the house. I'd taken some pictures of some of the weapons and things that he had been collecting. And I told them about him applying for his gun license. And I was, I mean, I was crying my eyes out. I was just so upset and so worried. And... They both listened, but they were a bit like, well, what, you know, what, what do you want us to do? What can we do? Um, and they sort of said, you know, well, you know, if, if you don't like it, you should just leave him. And um, but they weren't really offering me any sort of, you know, practical advice. Mm-hmm. And I think they were sort of I don't know if they were I don't know if they were shocked or as shocked as as I was. And I think because of that, then I started to think, am I overreacting here? They tried to reassure me. They said, oh, he won't get his gun license. And, um, you know, there's no way he'll he'll get that. You know, that's that's how it was left. They then one of either it was his brother or sister. I'm not sure. They told his parents um, because the next time I saw his parents, his parents brought it up with me about the gun license and said, oh, you know, don't worry. Don't worry, darling. You know, he won't get his gun license. You know, um, you know, he has to be interviewed by the police. He won't he won't get his gun license. He applied for his gun license late 2018. Um, I'm sure you're aware to get a gun in the UK, it's it's not easy. Yeah. Um, so he was interviewed by police at his house. They inspected his property and where his gun cabinet was going to be. You have to fill out a form. You get, I think you get, um, your medical records get checked, don't they, to make sure that you've, you know, you don't have any history of, mm-hmm. I think, depression, that sort of thing. Um and he was granted his gun license at the end of 2018. And within a week, I'd say within days of getting his gun license, he went out and bought guns and ammunition. Wow. Now, that was at the end of 2018. I think you said earlier that uh, the, there was like an initial prediction that this, this MCO was going to happen in 2018? Yes, so, so what, yes, what it, was going, it was going to happen. I think it was going to happen on the 19th of December and then it got moved. And I remember vividly being in his car and listening to Brian, who was talking to his followers and saying, this is what you need to do. We've told you guys what you need to do. Um, you know, this is coming. You know, make sure you're prepped. You know, you need, you need, you'll see the signs. You need to go. And so he was very on edge and then Brian went completely offline 
no one could get hold of him. He didn't post any videos and this event didn't happen. And I remember um, my ex-partner had said to me, um, he didn't want me to go into London. He wanted me to work from home and uh, he didn't want to go out on New Year's Eve um, because he thought, you know, there was still a chance that this event could happen. Anyway, it didn't happen. Um, and I thought naively that this would be the end of it. And he would see sense that these people, because by this stage, Brian had taken himself off YouTube and he was doing this pay to kind of like view or membership mm. to his site, which my ex-partner was had subscribed to. Um, but he didn't. And when Brian came online again, the next date that was it was going to be was um, Easter 2019. Right. Oh. And of course, yeah. that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Were, were you still with him then in 2000, Easter 2019? Mm. So in 2019, the packages, etc., still kept coming to the house. And then um, he started to stockpile fuel. And oh. there was gallons and gallons of fuel, and he put it in the loft in his oh. own house. And I googled about how much fuel you can store in the UK and where you can store it, and I saw that he had way too much. And also, where it was stored wasn't safe. Yeah. He was also a smoker, um, oh, wow. you know, in in the house, and <laughs> not you know, not the best. Um, and so I confronted him just before Easter and said that I wanted him to get the fuel out and I wanted him to take down a lot of the things that he was storing in the, in the loft. He needed to find somewhere else. So he went and secured himself a lockup unit away from the house. Easter came and went, nothing happened. And he told me that the date had moved again and it was going to be Christmas 2019. And just to give him until Christmas 2019, and then if it didn't happen, all of this would be, you know, th this would be sort of stopped and forgotten about. Wow. So that was the third prediction, Christmas 2019. Christmas, yes. Christmas did, 2019. Did, he, um, did he explain to you why he thought that the previous dates were wrong? No. No, it's, there was always a reason that hmm. Brian gave in the, in the video, something, things didn't quite align. I, you know, it was just, I just couldn't understand how someone so educated and so bright yeah. could be taken in by this and was, you know, obviously spending, an, by that stage, I would say the number of hours he was watching videos was about six, six, seven hours a day. Oh, wow. And the prep and the prepping was still going on at home. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was at its worst in 2019. So would you say like it, this, this Brian person had like quite a lot of sway over him? What was he kind of massively? So it kind of all um, revolved around what Brian was saying. Yeah. And his girlfriend, Mia, who she had her own, I don't know if that's her real name, but her channel's Mia's right. new pair of glasses. She was talking about the same sort of things. She also touched on other sort of theories as well, like anti-vax chemtrails, all those sorts of things she touched on in her videos um, about tobacco actually being good for you. Right. Um, things like that. So hers weren't as MCO uh, focused, her, her posts. I didn't hear all of them, but I would, you know, I was aware of them when they were on in the background in the house or in the car, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's very interesting. We're talking about, you know, the two people, um, Brian and Mia, 
because uh, it, it does kind of remind me of uh, like a cult type thing. Uh, and I'm watching a I'm watching a documentary at the moment on the Heaven's Gate cult, uh, which was kind of in some ways it has some parallels because it was based around two people who were the leaders of the cult, and they, they started actually back in the 1970s. And then they were telling everybody that you know, something was about to happen in the near future, like they were going to get uh, you know, taken away by aliens on UFOs. Uh, and you know, obviously it didn't happen the first few times and then it, it escalated. And then I don't know if you remember the Heaven's Gate thing, there was actually a, a mass suicide yes. uh, in, in, a, in a house in, in America where there was about 30 people, I think, uh, killed themselves. But uh, the way you're describing it now, it seems very much like he was in a cult. But at the start it doesn't really seem like that. It seems like he was just simply watching YouTube videos. Do you think there was kind of like a transition where he kind of got into a cult or was it kind of just a gradual shift? Uh, I would say it was a gradual shift. Where to me it became concerning was when he was prepared to pay to listen when mm. Brian was removed from YouTube, that's when I thought this is this is not right, and and also how I don't know I I can't speak for you, but how how I would if I knew that something like this was happening, why would I I, I wouldn't want to keep it to myself. I would want to tell the world this is yeah. what's going to happen, so everyone has a chance. And when I did argue this, he would say, well, yes, but, you know, that's what the controllers don't want this to happen. Um, you know, they, they just need a small amount of people to rebuild society. And, oh, it was, yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely bizarre. But it was, there's no real standout point where I could say right. it, it made that huge shift. So he talks about the controllers. Uh, I think you mentioned that yeah. before. Like, and the controllers are the good guys in the, in this theory. Is that correct? No, no, no. The controllers oh. are the controllers are people in government okay. royalty. Those right. high positions, um, uh, the Rothschilds, the you know those sort of people. Um, they know about this event. They're going to survive it. Okay. They know how to survive it, etc. They've got bunkers. And they just want to rebuild society, one world currency, you know, new world order, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so, so the controllers then are the bad guys uh, in charge of everything. And what he's doing yeah. and what Brian and Mia are doing is they're kind of like the resistance uh, to this. Yeah. Uh, they're fighting the, the evil. And yeah, and it is, it is very interesting that you say that they, they don't publicize it more. They don't tell people about it because you would think that they would want to. And, and you said yeah. like, he said that was because the controllers didn't want more than a lot of people. But like, why, why would that affect him though? Why wouldn't he be just, I don't know, shouting it from the rooftops? I know the whole secrecy with his family as well. I mean, you know, his children used to question me, especially his daughter who she was younger and she'd sort of say, you know, what, what's dad doing? You know, what's he prepping for? I know something's happening. Why won't he tell me? Why won't he tell me? So you would think that, I, I, I would do everything I could to save my parents and my brothers and, you know, my nieces, you know, but whereas with him, it, it was very much the secret that no one could know about. Um, and it was only me that, you know, knew he didn't know that I had gone to speak to his brother and sister. So it almost seems to me like, like he was living in two worlds. 
and you know, it sounds like he operated reasonably well, you know, in the in the real world because he he wasn't oh, telling people about it. Totally. I mean, you know, when when all of this, you know, I, I will get onto that part. But when all of this came out, my family were absolutely shocked. Right. Um, you know, if you'd met him, you would just think he was the most normal person you could go and have a pint with in a pub, sort of thing. You could talk about lots of different subjects. You know, had a really great business. He had, he had stable relationship with myself think you know things were in a, a like a good place there was no reason for all of this yeah very strange yeah it, yeah it's it almost like i don't know like split personality comes to mind but it, it doesn't seem like that but it's mm. it's almost like the some people describe this type of thing as something called live action role playing where the, the people are essentially kind of playing a game in a way and that they're just consuming this media and they kind of don't entirely believe it, but it's it's like they compartmentalize that part of their their life. It's like people who kind of uh, play a lot of online games, and when they go online, they take on a new persona, and they've got all these these quests and things that they're doing online, and they have this this fantasy life, but it's you know still actually things that are happening because it's an online game. And then in the real world, they just they don't talk about it because people don't discuss yeah. it. And maybe he just got so used to compartmentalizing it that it, it, it just kind of felt it had to stay in this compartment. It was just him and you and nobody else. Yeah, he did talk about, I don't, like I said, I don't know whether he, I know that Brian created his own forum on his independent platform whereby people could sort of talk about, you know, what their job was, how they were prepping, sharing ideas. I believe this was done by email or it may have been a forum. I, d- I don't know. But I never sort of, you know, I'm like I said to you, I'm not the sort of person. I, I never said to him, oh, have you joined? Or are you, you know, do you chat to people about this? Um, I just sort of left him to it. So I don't know whether he was, you know, talking with people on this forum or not. Um, that's something that perhaps the police may have found out. I don't know. It's something I'll, I'll probably never know. Um, but, but you know, there could have been that sort of almost like that group you yeah. know, who felt quite empowered by what, what they, you know, the knowledge and the fact that they were prepping and they were going to survive this and sharing ideas and tips and this sort of thing. I don't I really don't know. So you got you got no sense at all that he, he was part of some kind of community other than, you know, consuming these videos? No, I don't. Hmm. And um, one thing I would say is, you know, I was working during the day. I worked from home a couple of days a week. You know, then those days he would tend to be, in the, you know, go to his, you know, his, he had, an, you know, he also had an office as well. But a lot of the time when this was going on, it would be a case of I would, you know, we'd have dinner and then I would um, go to bed and he would come up. Sometimes I would hear the birds singing in the morning. So he would have spent mm. the entire night um online listening to videos so it's not something I was even you know I couldn't even look over his shoulder and or you know listen to what was going on and because I wasn't I'm not that sort of person you know perhaps other people would have been much more you know nosy or um you know sort of wanting to get involved but I just sort of like it left him to it really it was it was a world that I didn't understand and Mm -hmm. I absolutely didn't want to be part of did Um, you ever did you ever try to say debunk any of the the little conspiracy theories yeah. like say chemtrails or things like that yeah and what happened um, oh it's it's i don't know how you do it because he would just come back with all the research or pseudo research from right. youtube 
And because he had watched so much, he was able to say this, 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 and, you know, completely bombard me. And I would end up feeling stupid because, you know, I just felt as completely steamrolled by him. Or other times he would get very angry and he would be, one thing that happened with him, which I think having seen that on that Reddit forum happens a lot with relationships. And it's not always the male to the female. It can be the other way around. The relationship got abusive the more and more he got into this, Mm. not abusive in a physical way, but in a psychological way. He would sort of say things to me like, God, you're you're so stupid or you're you're just like, you know, you're just like everyone else. You you follow the crowd. And and when I used to say to him things like you're spending too much time on YouTube or sometimes we'd be out for dinner and I could see he'd want he'd want to be, you know, watching a video or looking at his phone. And he'd he'd turn it around and he'd say, how can you speak to me like this? I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save my family. And yet you're trying to stop me. You're the bad person. And it was this walking on eggshells, especially the last in 2019. I would say that the relationship became abusive, but not in a absolutely not in a physical way. But because I became scared of his reaction and his behavior had got difficult to predict. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a bit more about what happened, like the events in 2019? It started on the 2nd of September 2019. Everything up until that point had been, as I've told you, you know, that the um, the prepping was going on at home and he was getting, I felt, more and more consumed and spending more and more time in his lockup unit and listening to videos. And his personality, you know, he seemed to be getting angrier. And it was the morning of the Monday, the 2nd of September. I got up to go to work. The previous day, he'd spent the entire day in his lockup unit. And I was, to be honest with you, I was a bit pissed off with him because, you know, it's a weekend and he'd spent Sunday in the lockup unit. It was kind of like our weekends, you know, when you're together as a couple, family, yeah. et cetera. The relationship was, the, you know, we'd, we'd had a few words on the Sunday. In the morning, I made coffee for us and... He just woke up and he turned around to me. He said, get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. Go fucking now. Um, You don't find me attractive anymore. Our physical relationship's gone. You know, um, you're always finding excuses not to sleep with me. Um, Just get the fuck out of my house. I was absolutely shell-shocked. I wasn't expecting this. There was, in all honesty, there was an element of truth in what he was saying because... Mm. You know, the more and more time he was spending watching these videos, the less time he was with me. And I still found him physically attractive, but mentally he was becoming less attractive. And so we weren't together. So the physical side of our relationship was not in the best place. Mm-hmm. So I left the house and I took the dogs out for a walk. I called up my work and I told them that I was unwell and I wouldn't be coming to work. And I thought when I got back to the house, he might've calmed down. And I got back to the house and he was getting ready to go out. And he was like, just get the fuck out of my house, get the fuck out of my house. So I drove around to my parents' house and I sat down with them. I was crying and I told them what he'd, you know, he'd said But then I just broke down and um, I told them about everything that I've said to you, about his gun license, about all the prepping, about all the weapons coming to the house. And um, um, it was so strange because 
I'm getting upset talking about it, but I had never told them. But to see their reaction was such a relief to me because their reaction was they were absolutely horrified. And they said, this isn't normal. And I had started almost to believe that how I had been living was not normal, but that I was the one overreacting. And so to have my parents say to me, this isn't normal, this isn't right, you need to get out, you need to leave, was like such a relief. And also to be able to, you know, just to be able to tell them, yeah. it was uh, it was really liberating. Um, they said to me, you know, you need to get out, you need to get your stuff out of the house. So they drove with me um, and I started to collect things from his house. He wasn't in the property and I think his daughter was asleep or she might have been out that day, I'm not sure. And I started to collect the majority of you know things and get them out of out of his house and, and and take them back to my own house. And I was in contact with him during the day, and you know he was still on this whole rant about not finding him attractive, et cetera, et cetera. He wouldn't take any responsibility for anything that was going on. Yeah, it was just as far as I was concerned, we weren't getting anywhere. He's slightly, he's, he softened up by the evening. He'd softened up. Um, I stayed the night at my parents' house, but I agreed with him to go around to his house the next day. He was going to help me gather my things, put them in the car, take them to my own house. So on Tuesday, the 3rd of September, I went to his house and he was really remorseful. We had a really good, you know, we talked a lot and we went out for lunch and he told me that we, we just talked about everything. He told me that this event is now going to happen in December 2019. And that if it didn't happen in 2019, then that would be it. And it's a real cliche. My heart was saying one thing and my head was saying another. And I was at that point, I was prepared to maybe give him another chance I didn't tell him that I had told my parents and I didn't tell him what my parents' reaction had been. Um, I kept that to myself. And I went back to my parents' house that evening and he and I agreed to meet up that evening to take the dogs for a walk. So we met um, in some woods near my parents' house and it was a beautiful evening. It was still, you know, light, um, and I thought there'd be more people around because it's quite a popular sort of dog walking spot, but it was really quiet. And, you know, we were walking and we stopped at one point and I don't know how we got onto the conversation, but I told him that I had told my parents about his belief in the MCO. And at that point I knew he was really agitated and really angry. He had a walking stick in his hand and he was tapping it like this on the floor. I could see he was getting really agitated and he just exploded. And he said, you know, I'm going to fuck you over for this. How dare you? I can't believe you told your parents this. I'm going to fuck you over for this. I can't believe you fucking done this. He was just ranting and he started to walk back to his car and I made sure I was behind him, but I started to record him on my mobile phone I don't know why I just had this sense that something good was not going to happen right. um, or something bad rather was going to happen, I should say. And the whole time we were walking back to the car, it's only about a five, 10 minute walk. 
I was just, I was crying, but I was trying to keep calm and sort of like not let the tears cut, not, not, not sob, but just keep sort of, you know, and I was behind him and he was, you know, hit the stick and he was like, you know, swearing. I was just looking around for people or anyone that I could sort of like draw attention to. And we got to a bit in the path which had got wider and I knew, I knew that area really well. I knew I could get past him and run away. <clears throat> so I got past him and he saw that I had the phone. I started to run and he came after me and he grabbed the mobile phone from me and was smashing it on the ground, wow. stamping on it, swearing, can't believe you've done this to me. Why are you fucking me over? You know, just ranting, saying the same things over and over again. And he picked up the phone and he threw it against a tree and it bounced off the tree and landed in front of me. I ran to pick it up. And as I picked it up, he pushed me and I fell onto the ground and I had, you know, I'd cuts to my face. Um, I was bruised. I was a little bit winded <clears throat> and um, the phone had gone. I got up, ran to my car, got home to my parents and I called the police Within minutes of me getting home, he started, I had a work phone as well. So he had my phone that I'd been recording him on, but he then started sending messages to my work phone saying, um, you know, threatening me um, mm. and threatening to disclose things about me, threatening to saying things like, I can't believe you've done this. You're trying to put out your own version of truth. Well, then you know what I'm going to do. Um, <clears throat> and so that was this and that was that. Wow. And the police came out of my parents' house on that evening, that Tuesday, the 3rd of September. So I was obviously interviewed by the police and they photographed the injuries. Um, I showed them the messages he'd sent and they told me to block his, you know, block his, his, his phone. Um, so he couldn't get through to me. And then one of the police officers asked me about his state of mind. And so I told them about everything that wow. had been going on. And um, I think I said to him in one of my emails, I think they thought I was a bit mad. And I kept saying to them, you must believe me, please believe me. I'm telling you the truth. I know this sounds crazy, you know, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Um, and So, so they didn't believe um, you because the things you were saying um, were so extreme. I, I, they never said they didn't believe me. And I, I, I but I know I, I just, so that's, that's, un, that would be unfair of me to okay. say that they definitely didn't believe me. I felt that they weren't going to believe me because it does sound such yeah, a crazy yeah. thing to say to somebody, doesn't it? That my partner believes that the, there's going to be this reset of the world. He's been stockpiling fuel, da, da, you know, yeah. it's not kind of your average, you know, the police thought they were coming to, you know, sort out a domestic incident. Yeah. And then I start talking about this. Um, so, but I kept begging them, you know, please, please believe me. I know this sounds mad. You know, I left it at that. Um, you know, the police went off. They didn't tell me what they were going to do. Um, and a few hours later, my ex-partner started sending emails to me. Hmm. Um, and he said he was going to go away for a few days he sent me an email saying what he was going to send out. And he then proceeded to send out this email about four or five times to family members. Um, and it was, it was a disgusting email. Um, mm. 
basically calling me a liar, saying that I was trying to ruin his life, etc., etc. So I called the police and they asked to see me the next day, which would have been Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday the 4th, Wednesday the 4th of September 2019. So the next day I went to the police station with my father. I showed them the emails um, and the police asked me for a key to his house because they weren't able to find him. They'd gone to his house and he wasn't there. Um, And they asked me for a key to his house. And they said, under no circumstances are you to speak to him or any of his family members. If he tries to contact you, you need to contact us, but you mustn't, you know, it was, you mustn't, mustn't do or say anything with this information. So I handed over the keys to the house and his house got raided on the Thursday. Um, And they also asked for details of where the lockup unit was. I was able to give them that information and his lockup unit got raided as well. So they found, uh, I guess, the weapons and the fuel and everything. Yeah. Um, He was, he came back into Buckinghamshire um, that Friday. So he disappeared for a few days. And um, when he came back into Buckinghamshire, he was arrested on the Friday evening. Um, He was kept in the police cells all weekend and he was charged the following Monday. Um, He was charged with the domestic um, assault by beating against me, malicious communications, and then a number of firearms, offensive weapons charges as well. Oh, and now he's uh, progressing through the court system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his bail conditions were very strict. Um, I've got them. His bail con- conditions, um, they prevented him from, um, he, you know, he, was, he wasn't allowed to make any purchases purchase on the internet. Wow. He wasn't allowed to make, purchase any weapons or ammunition. Um, he wasn't allowed to live at his house. He had to go and live at an address agreed by the police. Um, he's obviously not to ha- uh, not to enter the village where I live, and he's not to have any sort of contact, indirect or directly, with me. So, has he abided to all of those conditions? As far as I'm aware, yeah. So you've not I had mean, any contact like, you know, with him? No, right. absolutely not. No. Yeah. Uh, we had to have contact via visitors right. for me to get the, the remainder of my things from his house, um, but that's it. No. Do you have any sense at all of what his his uh, uh, his take on the situation is? Put it this way, his family have never, ever tried to contact me. His sister, who was my best friend, she's never, ever tried to contact me. Um, I think that the spin he is putting on it that I've, is that I've made all of this up right. and that I'm lying about his beliefs. That's That would be my guess. But then... That doesn't explain why did you have all this, you know, the police would have done their investigations, you know, they they see they raided the house, they would have seized phones, laptops. It's amazing what you can find, what history you can find on a phone or computer, yeah, yeah. And they would have the communications with you, obviously, if they, they charged him with malicious communication. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know, um, like I said, I don't know what he you know, I don't know what his if he still believes in all of this, I mean, obviously 2019 Christmas happened and no event happened. Um, I don't know whether this has given him the wake up call. 
I have no idea. Yeah. And now, of course, we've got uh, a new prediction of uh, December yeah. 21st. I didn't, I didn't know that one, actually. So, um, oh, no, so December next year or December this year? This year, this year, yes. Uh, I, hmm. I suspect that, you know, with, with a lot of these, these um, you know, cult-type things, sometimes you get divisions and you get breakaway cults. So I, I'm not sure if in my brief Googling I found the, the mainstream, because obviously these, uh, what, Brian and Mia people, they've kind of gone underground to a degree. So perhaps they have a different uh, date. But uh, I, have, I mean, I, I have, I, I do have their email addresses for Brian and um, and Mia, and it's one thing I have often thought about just emailing them just to give them the story. But to be honest with you, I don't think they would care. No, no, they probably wouldn't. They would probably, I would guess, be might be more likely to take his side. Uh, than your side, yeah. seeing as he is a, yeah. a believer in them and and you are not. Uh, perhaps, so. I'm one, perhaps I'm one of the controllers. I don't yeah. know. You know. So you got in contact with me because I, I put a post on the QAnon casualties uh, mm. Reddit group. What kind of led you to uh, to that group? It was actually an article in The Guardian um, a couple of months ago, and it was um, talking about more along the QAnon side of things, which now I hadn't heard of QAnon until Mm -hmm. this year. Um, And it was, it was talking about losing loved ones to conspiracy theories or how to sort of live with people that lost to conspiracy theories. And it was the first sort of article in the British media that I had stumbled across. And it mentioned that forum. Um, Because I'll be really honest with you. I thought that I, I thought that my story would be really unusual. Right. But really, sadly, it's not. Yeah. And when you're on that forum, and, I mean, I don't post on there. I went on there, you know, really to read about other people's experiences. And I was staggered at how many other people seem to be going through the same thing, whether it be with parents, husbands, wives, children. Um, it seems like there's more of this going on in the, in the U S than the, than there is in Europe, but then perhaps I've got that totally wrong. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how I came across Reddit and also, and then obviously I saw you saw your own post. Yeah. I think QAnon is uh, more popular in the U S just as QAnon because QAnon is an American centric conspiracy theory because it's about Donald Trump essentially. Uh, and the 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 elite in in the American government, but of course it's spread around the world, and I think it kind of resonates with people uh, like your ex partner, who had these these sets of beliefs uh, that there is some kind of evil cabal running the world. But it sounds like his beliefs were you know, more, more extreme than the, the standard QAnon beliefs, which which are you know quite extreme uh, in in many cases anyway, but he's actually kind of moved beyond that and perhaps would, would view something like QAnon as being a, a disinfo operation or something. Yeah. It's yeah. It would, I, I, I mean, I'd never know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah be interesting. So how are you doing? Like, how are you like, processing all this and moving on? Um, it was really difficult at first. Um, I was very scared at first. Um, that he was because his belief in this theory was so strong and the fact that 
I had gone to the police and told them about this. And um, I should I should make out as well. I didn't know that any of the weapons that he had were offensive. I knew he had a gun license and he assured me that, you know, all the guns were purchased legitimately. And I, mm. I'm, I'm sure they were. But I didn't know that any of the weapons he had, whether bit in the house or his lockup unit, were offensive. So that came as a, a real shock to me because I sort of innocently spoken to the police about his state of mind, not expecting him to get into this sort of trouble. So I was very scared because I thought he's going to come after me because he's going to lose his gun license. His secrets being exposed. He's obviously now under police watch. Um, he can't, you know, he can't purchase any more weapons and ammunition. He can't purchase things on the internet. So I thought, you know, I was very scared at first. Um, I didn't, I, I stayed with my parents um, for six months mm. um, and constantly on, you know, sort of looking around my shoulder. Um, I was prescribed sleeping pills by my GP um, and, um, you know, initially. And then there's, there was this real sadness and sense of disbelief that, um, you know, for me, I would find, I don't think I'll ever come to terms with, losing someone to conspiracy theories it would have been more palatable to me that he ran off with a 21 year old supermodel right. i could get that i yeah, could yeah. understand that it's understandable but to you know but to lose someone to lose someone who believes that there's going to be this reset of the world and all those other conspiracy theories it you know it, yeah. i don't think it will ever i'll ever come to terms with so i was very sad and then i was prescribed antidepressants which i took for about three or four months and I stopped taking them in the summer. And actually now, you know, I feel, you know, despite sort of everything that's going on in the world, I feel in a much better place. And, you know, obviously the sentencing, you know, which should happen in December will be sort of, you know, the end of it. I don't know, depending on the sentence he gets, I don't know how I'll feel that, you know, be interesting to see Mm -hmm. um, whether that will have a, have an impact on me, but um, you know, I feel much more positive. Um, I feel very strongly about um, drawing this to people's attention because I don't think that enough is being done to stop these videos and the spread of this disinformation on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And also having found out that this is it, this isn't just unique to me, but it's happening to lots of other people. And it's just sort of wanting to, raise awareness about this and and you know and if if i could you know to try and stop it happening i wish i'd know i wish there was an answer and i wish i knew what i could have done differently what could have helped yeah no and obviously like i i i wrote a book on how to help people but uh he kind of exists at the far end of the spectrum and it's very difficult to know uh how to how to help someone who is so so far gone and so deep into it if someone's watching videos for eight hours a night then you know you're not likely to make very much headway is there a point though sort of you know from your own research and your own you know your your book is there a point though where an intervention could happen or and and how do you know when that point is or is it's an intervention isn't something that i i I've really thought about much in terms of the conspiracy theory uh, helping people. And I think it's more about uh, trying to 
draw people more gradually back into the real world and kind of exposing them to to other sources of information. And uh, I, I don't know if that would work though with your ex partner because he was so so deep in and uh, is so actively pursuing the, these other paths that in in some ways it has to kind of run its course and and I think it was a very very long course and that it would have been very difficult but perhaps early on uh, if if he had, had you know someone who he could talk to about you know, I don't mean specifically you but someone who had more specific knowledge about things like like the flat earth theory who could explain things to him because they they understood the theory uh, that might have helped but it's really almost impossible to tell um, mm. and I, I don't think I certainly don't think you should blame yourself for not doing enough back then because you, you, it certainly seems like you, you you there really wasn't anything you could do he was just going down his own path. I mean, do you yeah. feel that there are things you regret not bringing up earlier back then? Um, I regret, but I'm not sure whether it would have done any difference. Yeah. Uh, is that had I known that he had offensive weapons and things that were, you know, illegal, I... I'm not sure I would have mentioned the state of his mind to the police Um, because, you know, my intention was never to get him into trouble for that. Um, My intention was to tell the police what had happened in terms of what happened in the, in the, in the woods, but not, Mm -hmm. you know, not to get him in, 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 into trouble. And so I do wonder now if I had known that he, he was hoarding offensive weapons, um, I would have gone to his family okay. and said to them, perhaps, right, this is, you know, this is your son. This is what he's got. This is, you know, these aren't allowed in this country. I'm worried. Can we all get together with him? Mm-hmm. Whether or not that would have made a difference, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and then the other way to look at it is, and, and this was actually something the police said to me, was, you know, when I, when I was struggling with the guilt, because the police have been, you know, fantastic, I have right. to say, is that, you know, what if I hadn't said anything? Yeah. And who knows where this would have gone? Because I've met you, what, for half an hour on the, you know, on a call today? If tomorrow I found out that you went on the rampage and went out shooting, I would be really, really shocked. But with him, at the point he was, if someone told me he'd gone on the rampage and gone shooting, I wouldn't have been entirely yeah. shocked. yeah. So you don't know where it was going to go. Yeah, and certainly when someone who has such extreme beliefs as this, uh, you know, you know that it's it's not that huge of a leap for them to start believing something new, like believing that they need to take some action, especially if they're being frustrated by these uh, the lack of uh, lack of events uh, happening. So yeah, definitely, uh, I think it's a good thing that you know he eventually came to the attention of the police. Uh, but yeah, just uh, just to clarify for uh, anybody who might listen to this, like offensive weapons isn't really a term that we use in the United States. And in the right. UK, it just means something that's uh, uh, illegal, like a, a long knife or something like that. Yes. And um, st- I think like stun guns. Right. Okay. Um, I know that he was also, I mean, he was caught in possession um, 
in a public place. So I'm guessing this must have been found on him okay. of yeah. a bladed article and an imitation firearm, right. both of which in the in the UK are are illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating talk. I, uh, uh, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't really expecting uh, uh, like so much information uh, from yeah, because we we obviously just met, just met, and uh, I want to thank you very much for for sharing everything that you did. And it's actually been over an hour, not half an hour. So. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so. <laughs> no, it's quite quite all right. It's, uh, it's... all right. Well, was, was there anything else that you you wanted to bring up or discuss or? No, no. I mean, you know, thank you very much. Um, you know, for everything that you're doing, and um, you know, and and, and um, you know, I'm happy if if you buy this, you have other people that want yeah. to speak to me. You know, I'm more than happy to speak to them. Um, and I can let you know the outcome of the sentencing if that would yeah, be of interest. That would be interesting. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know, sharing your story is is good because, like you know, when you found out there were other people that were going through the same thing, it's 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 good to know that you're not alone. Uh, yeah. So I think other people hearing that you went through this uh, yeah. w- would 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 be helpful that, that they they feel that it's not alone, and also you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. One of the things, actually, I, I forgot to mention, um, which I, I don't know again, is is how much of a um, how much of a trait this is. Is he has always been a regular cannabis user, All right? Yeah. And so, um, and obviously, when he, at night when he was, you know, because it was his own business and he didn't have to get up and go to work, you know, he would be downstairs and he would be, you know, smoking cannabis and watching the videos. Mm. Um, and he'd always been a cannabis smoker. This wasn't something new, um, but I'd say that his use of cannabis had increased um, when when he was his own boss, as it were. And you know, I do wonder about that sometimes. How much for part that had to had to play? Because it can sometimes, you know, play on people's mind. It can, it, you know, makes sort of like, oh, yeah. like you hear of people having psychotic episodes, yeah. don't you? That sort of thing. And yeah. um, you know, that was um, paranoia is uh, something that. Yeah. crops up as you know when you have too much to yeah. smoke or whatever uh that, that can come up and it's interesting you bring that up because i, I have heard similar stories before and um, people describe you know i've talked to people who used to be believers and they talk about when they got into it they might describe something like they were just you know sitting at home smoking a joint watching youtube videos all night and because they'd lost their job or something like that they have lots of spare time so you get these this this these three things like they have lots of spare time they're taking drugs or they're drinking and mm. they are watching these these videos and the combination of things has this effect and i, I have seen this multiple times it's obviously doesn't happen for everyone but no. uh, it's yeah. interesting that, uh, that it happened with him all right well uh okay well thank you very much again sarah i'm gonna, gonna let you and go thank now you. and i uh, hope everything turns out well with you and things continue to improve Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time. Okay. Bye then. Thank you. Bye-bye.